Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, Liberty Roundtable. It's good to have you here with us. Last time we were here, we um, were talking about the topic of Christian music. And that's with the question mark. Uh, you know, what are the ins and outs? What dictates Christian music? And, you know, we had, we had already said in our last time, uh, well, what's the quality of the music and what, what dictates quality? Uh, does it uplift Christian values? Does it give glory to God? Uh, what does the song encourage? I mean, does it encourage uh, the lost to salvation, the, the unrepentant child of God to repentance and forgiveness? Or does it glorify sin, you know, drunkenness, uh, drugs, and homosexuality, uh, all violence, idolatry, I mean, you name it. And uh, that, that's really the question that we, we had to answer, Yeah. is right. what's the quality? So we're going to continue on. In that today, I kind of review a little bit. Mm -hmm. This whole subject is kind of, well, it's kind of like I feel like I have like a fish out of water. I don't know much about music. I just, you know, I'm not sure I know uh, what constitutes bad music, but I'm pretty sure when I hear it, I know what it is. You know, um, I think that the first thing to look at in any music we play in the church, whether it's you know Christian or uh, contemporary or hymns or what it is is to see uh, who or what it glorifies, like like you said earlier. Well, think about it. Ephesians 5.19, you have that whole list of, you know, spiritual songs and hymns and psalms and all this. Uh, and the common factor in that is it all brought glory to God. Amen. You know, what, you know not, all, not all praise and worship music uh, that's played uh, by, you know, by praise teams uh, is what we would call quality music, even in godly congregation, because uh, they don't minister. Uh, to minister, music must clearly portray uh, the gospel and its principles. Now, music that feels good doesn't necessarily minister on a spiritual level. It may minister to you on an emotional level, but uh, not on a spiritual level. Uh, does it mean that it's Wrong to listen to music that doesn't necessarily glorify God, but perhaps a joyful? You know, no, not at all. As long as it feels, you know, as long as it feeds the spirit and not the flesh. Hmm. Well, I mean, uh, brother, the reason we say that is because, you know, God's a spirit and the Bible tells us that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we, how can we glorify him with a fleshly worldly carnal song yeah that's right so it's important that a song is doctrinally sound as well that's right uh, it may have all the characteristics of characteristics of a christian song but not be doctrinally sound so on that basis alone it ought to be rejected but how about a christian song that has that has been taken from a secular song uh and changed the words to be what we consider christian you know, how, how, how do we stand on that thing? I know you've done it somewhat, you know. Uh, I guess it depends on the song and, you know, who produced it and the circumstances surrounding the original music, which, you know, really, brother, we don't have any idea of the basis of uh, writing and producing that song, what was in their minds when they did it, which is obviously enough uh, suspicion to, to do it, you know. 
Uh, I'm sure that there are some folks who will take issue with my position, but I, that's okay. You know, I don't care about that. You know, uh, but I do have some thought along those lines. When when you add Christian words to a secular song, there seems to me to be uh, this spiritual disconnect. You can't turn a musical composition created in the flesh to glorify man or sinfulness into a spiritual composition by just sanitizing it. Secular music was designed by the producer to produce certain types of feelings in the listener. Both the words and the music are often changed by the producer to influence or stir up some emotion in people so that they can sell their records. Yeah, brother, and as you said, you know, I've done the, the same thing. I mean, uh, I changed Heartbreak Hotel into Heaven's Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are those who have done this one. We all know that as House of the Rising Sun, but it can be sang to Amazing Grace. Um, I mean, Hallelujah. Uh, the the song where people think that they're talking about David and Samson uh, with Delilah and Bathsheba, but in truth, it's talking about a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the list goes on. Uh, Heart and Soul, I rewrote that one because my dad told me I couldn't play it in church because it didn't have Christian lyrics. Well, guess what? You put Christian lyrics? I put Christian lyrics to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know... Uh, just because you change some words doesn't necessarily make it a spiritual song. Yeah, Daddy always said you could put a dress on a hog, but you still got a hog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of those feelings that these producers uh, and even the artists themselves um, have intentionally implied in their music shouldn't be connected with godly worship at all. Uh, the author of the music has, has written the lyrics as a result of something that is uh, occurring in their lives or something that has occurred or something maybe they wish to occur uh, in their lives. Uh, oftentimes, uh, these things are secular things that, that are contrary to godly principles you know, that are taught in his word. And we've got to be careful about you know, how we, why we do those things or how we do those things. Our attempt to link a song that was written with secular motives uh, that can be humanistic, sinful, or, or worldly to a Christian worship or praise song is probably not to, going to give God glory. Uh, it may sound good, and, and some of it does. I like the House of the Rising Sun, but you know, when I've heard you sing it, you know, with Amazing Grace, yeah. and I still think of that house of old, you know, prostitution house that was in New Orleans <laughs> while you're singing Amazing Grace, because that's, that's what the song was about, and, and that's the emotion it was supposed to stir up. Uh, to begin with. Um, the attempt to take secular music that comes from unbelieving writers and producers uh, and even musicians and try to transfer it to be a song that can be used in worship or, or give God glory, brother, it just, it just seldom works. I mean, sometimes it, it, it can work, you know, but it seldom works, you know. Mm. You know, just like you said, uh, if those songs are changed, you're going to be thinking of the original. Uh, House of the Rising Sun, you're not going to be thinking about God's amazing grace. You're going to be thinking about, uh, you know, the guy's mother was a tailor. His daddy was a gambling man from New Orleans. 
And he was a young man that because of his upbringing got caught in the body house mm -hmm. and it ruined his life. I mean, that, that's what you're going to be thinking of is those other lyrics. Um, but now, for instance, we do have a, uh, a gentleman here who took what a beautiful or what a wonderful world and called it what a wonderful Lord. And now that one is spot on. Why? Because the dynamic is not changed. It, the the original song was to say you know what a wonderful world we live in and he's literally changed it to give glory to the one who gave us the wonderful world amen. and and i mean so it doesn't really affect the the attitude of the song it's not like taking uh you know a young man at a house of ill repute and trying to sing about god's amazing grace with the same tune yeah. You know, you're singing about the wonderful world God gave us and then giving him glory. You know, there, there is a difference there. Yeah. You know, um, Brother Neil, it, that House of Rising Sun, I, I like the song. I mean, you know, I, I like the song before I even knew what the lyric says. I never did pay a whole lot of attention to the lyrics in the song. Uh, even when I was, when I, and I pretty much, even when I was rocking in my younger years, I'm still like a 73-year-old rocker. I still know rock music, you know. But uh, uh, it, but just cause the sound good doesn't you know doesn't mean that it draws you any closer to God, which it doesn't. Uh, in in fact, uh, it doesn't draw God any closer to us either. It may actually infuriate the Lord, because knowing all things, He also knows the original motive for writing a song and and putting a certain kind of beat or music with it, and it may infuriate the Lord because He just knows more about that stuff than we do. So uh, we, can, we can honestly say that worship is a spiritual event and it needs to be based on the spiritual part of man, the inner man. Mm -hmm. uh, so therefore it is doubtful that a music of a fleshly nature or a fleshly organ will have the desired effect that will give God glory. And I mean, that's what worship music is supposed to do. You know, it's not supposed to make you feel good, although it can and does. Uh, the original, the the original focus of the psalms for worship services uh, is to uh, worship the Lord and to glorify Him. You know, the Bible says, "What's flesh is flesh," and that which is spiritual is spiritual. Uh, they they come from two different places. Mm -hmm. The flesh comes from the sinful nature of man, and the spiritual comes from the inner man, whose spirit has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit when a person accepts Christ. And there's a big difference in the type of music that comes out. You know, you ever hear, you ever hear some of the uh, all well-known artists that are not believers sing a gospel song? I mean, here's some old boy that, yeah, money. It's all about the money. And then you hear some old boy who really can't sing out well, uh, but you, you somehow love the song more so when he sings it. It's because he's singing from a different perspective. He's singing from the heart, not from the flesh. Uh, he's singing glory to give God glory. Uh, the other artist is just singing to make that money, you know. Uh, if, it, if it flows from the flesh, then it's not spiritual. And if it's not spiritual, brother, it's not worship. Well, that reminds me uh, of the text that says that no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, you, you can't say, I'm going to take this fleshly song and worship God with it. 
you know, you just can't do it. No. It's it's either worship or it ain't. Still putting that dress on that pig. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, and it, it make you feel. It may make you feel good. It does. You know, I man, I hear old Beach Boy song or or you know, uh, Four Seasons or one of them old groups. Even some of the I never I never was a big Beatles fan, but some of their music. Who is that? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. I go back a couple of years before you. <laughs> I'm yeah. just messing with you. Uh, the good old times. <laughs> that was good old, man, I was, that was good old day. And, and man, it makes you, you go up, uh, even today, you know, you look, you know, people say, well, music really don't have no effect on you. Well, you look around some of these guys in the car are rocking and the bebops, one of them beat their brains out on the roof of the car and, and or they run up behind you and they play that old, play that old bass, uh, have that old bass turned up so bad that it, it just, it, it shakes your windows. It, it, shake, it, it shakes your, it shakes your insides, you know. I mean, you're sitting inside the car and it shakes the car and you're inside, you know, and uh, it, it does have an effect on you. It, it certainly does. Uh, even though it makes you feel good, the question you have to ask is, does it really deepen your spiritual life? You know, a lot of, and a lot of that stuff, probably not, you know. Music that flows from the flesh uh, is only temporary. It, you know, the longest it can last is your lifetime. Uh, sometimes it only lasts until you step outside the door, you know, and then it's done. It's over with again. You're starting to look for something else. But music that flows from your spirit, uh, it's eternal, and it lasts throughout eternity. You know, it's one of those things, when it's done for the glory of God, it's one of those things you take with you, you know. When you leave here, you take that with you, and you, and you can glorify God throughout all eternity. But that other stuff, you know, is it, you know, it might make you feel good, may make you uh, move a little bit, or have affect you or influence you in some way. Uh, but it's not, uh, it's not in a spiritual way, and, and it doesn't have to be wrong either. It can just be just worldly, and even though it's not wrong, yeah. Songs written and produced and set to music that flows from the spirit should be the only accepted songs to be used in worship, whether they are hymns or contemporary or southern gospel, bluegrass, jail, or whatever style of music. I'm sure there's hundreds of styles of music that, that can be used. Uh, and you can probably use all of them in worship services as long as it gives God glory. Not that there's always something wrong with listening to other kinds of music just for your own pleasure, because it's not, you know. It's just not worship music. To call that worship music is wrong. It's you know you might make you feel good, may make you, uh, it might make you joyful or, or affect you some other other way. That's not spiritual and that's not wrong. You know, uh, so we just need to be careful what we play in our in our churches. You know, Christian music of any kind should always glorify God. Period. Yep. Now, not the listener and not the author and certainly not the artist. You know, one question a church has to ask is, uh, is a song designed for performance or for congregational singing? Church music is congregational music and church music and church worship is corporate worship. When we come together to worship, then our worship music should be suitable for congregational singing, meaning it should be congregationalist uh, in design and not performance design. Now, our praise team here uh, will sing both performance and congregational. We mostly congregational, but every now and then they'll they'll sing a song that's performance design. 
which is which is okay because I enjoy that kind of music. I just can't sing it, <laughs> you know. It goes way beyond what I can sing. Uh, but but I'd still don't keep me from enjoying the music. But it's not it does anything have to do anything with 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 uh, congregational worship. It's just you know they're singing a song. Uh, God's getting the glory of what they're singing, and uh, and we just kind of enjoy it, you know. Uh, worship music uh, should engage both the head, which is the physical, and the heart, which is the spiritual. Mm -hmm. uh, worship music enhances worship, but it's not worship itself. Uh, it appeals to the flesh and brings the the head in line with the heart, which is spiritual, but it's not worship. It's not worship, you know. It just enhances worship. And there's a different, big difference, uh, brother, between the two. Oh, yeah. What did you say about music a while ago about it being a four-course dinner or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I was going to mention that. So... I've always been told that music is like a full course meal. So in our case, for our services, think of Sunday school is that del and devotion. That's that delicious appetizer. You know, it, it just, uh, it, you, you got a hunger there and it, it gives you just enough. And then you go into worship and it kind of gets you in the right, kind of gets you in the right frame of mind. It does. And then yeah. worship is kind of like that cool glass of water. They bring you to cleanse your palate. Mm-hmm. To get you ready for the main course, focuses you. Just yeah, focus. it just brings you right in, yeah. and then the invitation is given, and that's the sweetness, bro. That's the dessert yeah. on the end there, the call to come close to the Lord. So it's a full course meal whenever you put it into perspective. You know, the big difference between the music, between music and worship, uh, is that worship expresses gratitude uh, to the Lord for. Our salvation, uh, or our indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God's provision, uh, our guaranteed inheritance in heaven, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's about what God has done, and it's for His glory. Worship music should express worship. That is, worship music should express gratitude and thanks to our Creator in some way. Uh, music does not induce, uh, nor does it initiate worship. Uh, it rather it flows from the heart that wants to express worship of God and gratitude for what God has given us. In plain words, music doesn't necessarily jumpstart worship, as many of us have commonly believed. It flows out of worship or expresses worship it, because it, it comes from the inner man, it comes from your spirit. Preaching or reading the Word of God is what creates a heart of gratitude, which in turn is expressed by music. Now, obviously, brother, not all music is suitable for worship. Uh, different kinds of music has different places where it can be used. You know, there's a, a time and a place for all music. Some and some of those times and places, Christians ought not to be. You know, but non-Christian music does have its place. Uh, some of the music can be used simply for our our enjoyment, you know. But it's not worship, you know. It's not worship music. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. We love all kinds of music. You and I both do. You know, uh, one of those kinds is, is bluegrass music. You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's good old good lick. <laughs> My daddy used to do that lick on the guitar all the time. You know. Uh, while some kinds of music have a place in our lives, it doesn't necessarily have a place in our worship services. Not that there has to be anything wrong with it. I mean, some of it does, obviously, there's something wrong with it. But not all worldly music has anything wrong with it. But because it's not worship music or not suitable for worship, because it don't give God glory, it probably ought to be kept out of churches. You know. Um, and some kinds of music, of course, doesn't have any place... Uh, in our lives as a Christian at all, you know, songs that glorify sin or uh, elevates humanism or promotes questionable behavior uh, in its hearers are definitely a no-no for a Christian. You know, brother, I did a study uh, back at uh, back in high school, extra credit, and um, I studied various genres of music. And oh boy, my dad loved that because you know, uh, the country not so bad. And I mean, I went back into the old time country, you know, from Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Yeah. All the way till more modern day stuff like Toby Keith. Uh, I went back old classic rock and I, I mean the Beatles. You mean back where I was at. That's right. <laughs> the classic rock for me was new rock for you. <laughs> and uh but uh I went all the way to some of the modern groups, some of the ones that you can't even understand hardly whenever they sing because they sound like they're yeah. choking the whole time. And uh, then you've got uh, my dad's least favorite of all for this school project was rap and hip hop. You know, he, in fact, at that point he said, "Son, you can go get you a pair of headphones." Yeah, I, I sympathize with him. Better yet, me. I'll go get you a pair if you ain't got a pair. Got a pair, I'll buy you a pair. <laughs> and. Uh, but what I learned is, you know, brother, we got that guy. You got a friend of yours that sings. Uh, what's that called? Hip hop music. Yeah, uh, Christian hip hop, all original stuff. Yeah, and I've heard some of it. And uh, it's not our cup of tea. And it give God glory. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's hip hop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gives God glory. And I don't throw rocks at the guy for expressing himself uh, through that kind of music. You know, and I and I've all and you know originally I was taught that you know if it wasn't out of the hymn book it was you know it was wrong and you know and later on I kind of figured out myself I knew it wasn't wrong all, all of it wasn't necessarily wrong but all of it wasn't worship music either you know uh, yeah and you know it uh, it does have an effect on your life um, you know hip hop promotes a lot of uh, rap and hip hop at least the majority of what I listen to Promoted a spirit of uh, rage against authority, uh, just hatred, getting back at people for what wrong they've done to you. I mean, and everybody's like, oh, he's just picking on rap because he's a country boy. But, you know, country's the same way. Uh, country's all about drinking and wild women and a lot of it. Uh, I'm so down because somebody stole my dog, stole my girl, stole my truck. Yeah, somebody stole my, uh, stole my woman, kicked my dog, drank yeah. my beer. Yeah, there's a guy named, uh, there's a group called Rascal Flats. They sing a song called Backwards. If you haven't, go check it out. It says that's what you get when you play a country song backwards. And it's it's true. I mean, you think about all of it. But honestly, if you think about it, brother, we go to the song based on the mood yeah. that we're in. Yeah. 
Uh, chances are, if you're feeling down and blue, you're not going to listen to. I saw the light, I saw the light, no more in darkness, no more in night. Right? You know, but it's funny about it. Like Hank Williams sang that, was it Hank Williams sang that yeah. song? Hank Williams sang that song and uh, wrote it, I believe. Yeah, he did write it. Do you know, Hank Williams was so. Um, What's the word? Um, he was so down. Yeah. He was so down, so uh, that that he had thought about taking his own life several times. And well, actually, a lot of driving to drinking, and he wound up just dying that way. You know, I think it was an automobile automobile accident or something. But uh, uh, you would think a guy that sings that would have a song like that. You wouldn't be all emotional down all the time, because that's what he wound up. Yeah. Well, most people when you go to I saw the light when they're sad, they'd be looking for something kind of like. Uh... Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. I've come to talk with you again. Simon Garfunkel. You know, they they'd be going. We listen to music oftentimes based on our mood, yeah. and we know what songs produce that feeling whether whatever genre it could be now, honestly I don't know that I've heard a rap song that would promote sadness and tears other than it hurts your ears but that's just my personal opinion I've never heard, I've never heard a rap song that <clears throat> I could ever get into you know? and so but we do we, we tend to listen to music on how we feel because we as a people are driven by emotion yeah. where instead we should be driven by the spirit as children of God, we should let the Spirit lead, and it's going to lead us into worship. Even in the midst of our down, it's going to lead us to worship God because He is worthy. You know, you remember, you remember the song Wipeout? <laughs> you remember that song? Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, I could get that thing on the radio. I'd be able to drive my car and get that thing on the radio, and that foot would go right to the floor. And I, good, nice. Wonder I didn't wipe out. Wipe out, yeah. <laughs> so it, it has an influence on you, yeah. you know. And, uh, and, and that's why in the churches we should have, uh, we play worship music all to be glorifying God because uh, that is, that we want that kind of influence on our lives. We don't want the influence of the other stuff on our lives, you know. Um, we should always listen to songs that stay within the biblical guidelines and songs that glorify our Creator. The heart of worship will always glorify God. And you can't have a really you can't have a heart of worship without without having Jesus Christ in your heart through the new birth. You must be born again. And uh, I don't know the kind of music our folks out there. My movie this this broadcast goes through all the world, bro. It does. And we don't know what kind of music they listen to in you know Ghana or wherever that last place we went. I don't know what they listen to over there. Uh, but I know this: you can't. You can't worship God without having Christ in your heart. And you can't get Christ in your heart unless you admit that you're a sinner and uh, confess that sin to the Lord, repent of it, and invite and Jesus to come in, sweep it clean, and ask Jesus to come in and take up residence within you. And he'll do that through his Holy Spirit. And you can be born again. And folks, I, I urge you out there today, 
If you never, don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that today would be the day that you acknowledge your hopelessness to get into heaven on your own and thank Jesus that he died for you on the cross, took your place, that you might go free. Then accept that work and accept who he is, God, and apply it to your life. Ask him to come in your heart to save your soul, and he will. That would be my plea for you all tonight. Brother, we, got, we, didn't, we didn't rehearse no song. You got anything that'll give us a little invitation? Always. Oh, yeah. We got songs these folks benefit of that uh, about how amazing God's grace really is yeah, it is. and it's so amazing that God knows all things he knows the future before it happens he knows he knew every sin he knew every evil deed every thought everything that I was going to do in my life every degenerate thing that I've ever done he knew all of that and in advance before I was born and yet sent his son down to die for me on the cross. And these folks too. He knows everything you all done. But God commended his love toward us. And while we, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ Amen. died for us. Amen. Romans 5, 8. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you'll notice a little bit of a change if you've been following us on Anchor. It is now called Spotify Podcasters. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but you can still find us on all the major uh, podcasting. We appreciate your uh, love and support. Um, be sure to check us out on all the other major platforms and uh, we hope that you will just share share the link you know share the, the Spotify link share whatever it is that you listen to us on Apple Google you name it we're on all of them and so uh, we are so thankful for all of our listeners and uh, until next time may God bless you know brother we were talking earlier you know I think we're going to do another part of this thing. I, I don't know if I, if the board's going to give me enough stuff to write on this or not. But you know, uh, how about the artists? What does it, can an artist dis, can an artist disqualify the song? You know, we could talk about that 
couple weeks ago. Yep. We're gonna look at uh, some of the artists and how they how they look, how they act on stage. Because you know, anytime they're up on stage in a church, they're behind that pulpit, and that carries a big responsibility. It sure does. You got to be particular who you put behind that pulpit. Yep. Yep. So uh, I can maybe foresee, I can maybe foresee uh, us turning down an artist, yet still singing his song. Right. So we'll see how that goes. We may have a part three on this thing yet. Amen. Right? Stay tuned. Well, so. folks, it was nice being with you and uh, we'll sign off. Yep, we're going to end on prayer. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for our listeners. Lord, we ask that you would just take this broadcast and use it for your honor and glory. Father, pray that it would be edifying to our brothers and sisters in Christ, that it would lift them up. And uh, Lord, that it would also be a beacon of hope for the lost, letting them know that Jesus Christ died for them. Lord, all these things would be impossible if it weren't for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.